Well, today I had uh, just have something stirring in my heart. Actually, it's been stirring in for a, a, a while. And it's talking about uh, Proverbs 27, 17, how iron sharpens iron and how people, uh, being around people, having people in our lives is so important. Uh, Corey Tin Boom said it this way, be united with other Christians. A wall with loose bricks is not good. The bricks must be cemented together. And, you know, I just... Um, want to stress today the importance of people. So let's look at Proverbs 27, 17. We're gonna look at it in a few different translations. Uh, this one's the New King James. Uh, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. Now let's look at that in the NLT. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. We'll go to the voice. In the same way that iron sharpens iron, a person sharpens the character of a friend. Doesn't it make you think that maybe it's good to have friends? <laughs> Let's look at Proverbs again. Now this same verse in the Good News Translation. People learn from one another, just as iron sharpens iron. And then the CEV, just as iron sharpens iron, friends sharpen the minds of each other. Now I'm going to go to another scripture and then we'll kind of expand on this. Let's go to Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know, uh, there are no perfect people here on earth right now. There's no one that's perfect. The only perfect person that there was was Jesus. And even in his perfection, people didn't like him. So just, you know, a lot of times we strive to try to be perfect because we think that if we do everything right, we may not make people mad, we may not upset them, but that wasn't the case because Jesus was perfect and they killed him. So, that, so let's just take that pressure off. We are not ever going to be perfect and maybe that's why we're still alive today. It's because no, we haven't made so many people mad at us. <laughs> but everybody has weaknesses and uh, you know, that's okay. You know, it's vain to think that you don't need other people in your life. Because what happens is you cannot reach your full potential without the help of other people. It's just the way that God set things up. You have strengths and you have weaknesses. And when you have other people in your life, you are bringing their strengths to cover up your weaknesses. 
That's the beauty of marriage. You know, a lot of times marriage opposites attract for a reason. Because if you were good at everything, you know, you wouldn't need the other person. And a lot of times, the things that you're not good at, you are drawn to because you're not good at it. And so it's a lot of times where you need that other person to help you be all that God has created you to be. Uh, every one of us is made to bring our strengths into a situation, into re the, a relationship that we have. Uh, if our strength isn't there, there's a hole. There's something that's missing. And so uh, when we choose not to be around people and not to have people in our lives, we are losing out on the strengths of those other people. We're losing out on the way that they round us out. And, and we uh, don't have their wisdom and the knowledge that they have to sharpen us, to make us better, to make us um, excel at what we're doing. You know, it can be really uncomfortable sometimes to be around the strengths of others, especially if their strengths are your weakness. You know, the devil, he will start to put thoughts in your mind and you're comparing your weaknesses to someone else's strengths and you're like, they're so awesome. But what you're seeing is you're valuing the strengths in someone else and, and many times diminishing the strengths that you are bringing to that. So it's not something that we have to compare with one another. God didn't create us to have to be in competition. Yes, we are all running a race, but it's a race that everybody can win. It's not something that there's only one person that's going to get the prize. We all get the prize when we are running and we can all do it together. Um, and so our strengths will help other people run their race. Their strengths will help you run your race. And so uh, we want to um, focus on what everybody is bringing to the table and the strengths rather than focusing on their weaknesses. A lot of times, hurt begins to take place when uh, somebody is diminishing the strengths of someone else. You know, when you start putting down the weaknesses of somebody else, especially somebody very close, if you put down the weaknesses of your children or your spouse, you... Uh, or maybe some other loved ones that are, you know, close in, that you're in daily contact with, if you start focusing on those weaknesses in them and you bring it up all the time, uh, instead of it being an encouragement and a help and helping them to go forward, it tends to cause them to draw back. And so it's very important for us to esteem and to evaluate to value what other people bring to the table. You know, uh, it's okay if they do things differently. Uh, as I have gotten older, you know, when you're, when you're young, you tend to think very much like this is the way something has to be done and there's no other way to get the job done. And as you get older, you start seeing, well, they did it like this and 
someone else did it this way, and those were all good ways too. <laughs> you know? So as you get older, you, you begin to have wisdom to have that realization that everybody brings value. Everybody is important when what they're, what they're offering. And so we have to choose not to get hurt when somebody is focusing on our weakness and choose to believe what God says about us and choose to believe how he sees us and the strengths that he's put inside of us and realize that that brings value to the body of Christ. We came with the talents and the abilities and the things that were put inside of us for a reason. And, you know, there are people, um, there are some people that are just naturally optimistic. You know, they can see the good in everything. There's other people that just lead very charismatically. You can just tell that person's going to take charge and they're going to be really good at it. There's other people that, you know, can make a leader's vision come to pass because they know how to get it done. They know all the details. They can see everything get a plan in place and get it done. And then there's people that are just, they just can bring peace to anything. You know, you're just, you like being around them because they're so peaceful and then that flows into uh, giving you peace as well. All of us have different things that we offer. And if any part is missing, there is a hole. There is something that was needed. Your part is valuable. You know, uh, relationships, they take time. They're, they're not something that uh, happen overnight. And so, you know, when we see each other every week on Sunday, and then again, maybe for some every week on Sunday and Wednesday, you're developing relationships with people. And the input that those people have on you is shaping you. It's changing your life. It's causing you to be uh, more effective to run your race, which is what God has told us to do. Trust is earned. It's not something that, that you necessarily trust somebody immediately. But if you have been around them for a while, then you begin to realize, oh, they're not out to hurt me. They love me. They're on my side. That was one of the beautiful things that I, I loved about having the children read the scriptures on uh, when on um, the Christmas Eve service is because it gives them an opportunity to develop something that's inside of them in a very safe, loving atmosphere. Everybody was on their side that night. Everybody wanted them to do well. It didn't matter uh, if they stuttered. It didn't matter if they messed up, if they read fast, if they you know, were a little bit nervous and shaky. Everybody was on their side because they're just cute. You know, and you're just like their kids and you want them to succeed. That's the atmosphere that God wants uh, us to feel like all the time. Just that we're all together. We're in this together. That nobody is, you know, judging and condemning, but rather that we are looking at what the other person is bringing to into our lives and how we are the better for it because of them, because we know them. And so friendships, it takes time to build them. It's, it's not something that's just a quick 
and uh, which leads me to it, talking about the value and the importance of church, a church family. Let's look at Romans 12, 3 through 5. It says, For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith, for we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now let's look at Hebrews 10, 23 to 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as is in the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. I'm sure as you look around, it does seem like the day is approaching. <laughs> Just... You know, things just keep happening. The world get, is getting crazier and crazier. And you just know that there's a value of us assembling together, of us being together. Uh, as I was looking at that quote from Corey Tim Boom, you know, I was looking at what people during the time, uh, you know, the, with the Nazis and and the concentration camps and people that were willing to sacrifice their life on behalf of other people and how important it was. She, you know, she is speaking this to be united with other Christians. When you think of what she was going through and the things that were happening during that time period, to know that this is what she is saying, how important fellowship with other Christians were to her. And, uh, you know, that it, it requires work, it requires effort, but it's worth it. It's very much worth it. Uh, the body of Christ is meant to help each other run the race. We gain boldness when we're together to do the plan that God has for us. When we come together and we worship him and magnify him, you know, there are, there are times where you may come in feeling a little weary, feeling maybe tired from the week, maybe exhausted from just what all has happened. You come in, you, drain, uh, you gain strength from one another. There's so many times where you may come in maybe sagging and you leave happy. Why? Because you've been in the presence of God, but you've also been in the presence of other people. And it strengthens us. It encourages us. It, it makes us willing to get up and keep going and to keep pushing forward what God has for us. You know, all of us, again, we have different gifts. We, we are meant to come together to further the kingdom of God, his plan, what he is doing right now. And, uh, you know, uh, you gain strength when we come together. You know, the, 
there's that scripture that we read about three. It, two, two is good. Three, though, you're even stronger together. It's hard to shake you. When you're around other people of like faith when, that believe the way that you do, it's harder to get pushed off. It's harder to get deceived uh, when you're around other people that are, that are believing with you. Uh, you know, COVID has had a toll on churches all around the world, you know, in our nation, but around the world. But one of the things that, that COVID has done is it has isolated people. It has caused people to, to uh, kind of be more to themselves rather than um, reaching out. And, you know, we have to be careful about that because it is important to take care of yourself and to walk in wisdom, that there is an importance to that. But it does not, you don't want to do that at the expense of your spiritual well-being. It, your spiritual well-being is extremely important, just as important as your natural well-being. And so we have to be watchful that fear is not keeping us from doing what God has for us to do, because there's a plan for our lives. And if we hold up and we're not operating in that plan, it becomes a place where we begin to get stagnant and we begin to uh, can, uh, get discouraged. If you're by yourself, it's easy to stay discouraged. It's easy to become weary because you're focusing on maybe the negative of what's going on all the time rather than being around one another that is encouraging each other. And so uh, we want to make sure that God will never lead you through fear. He is, he is faith. He is positive. He will lead you in wisdom but sometimes his wisdom is not the same as the world's wisdom. And so we have to make sure that we're balancing. Yes, we take care of ourselves, but we also want to still be a part of what God is doing. Because if we're in the right place at the right time, his protection is there and he is, he is helping us. And so, um, you know, to, if you're... If, um, even just the discouragement and the weariness, you know, when you come together, it gives people an opportunity to know what to pray for. And as they're talking with you and you're just sharing with each other maybe life's experiences, it gives people that opportunity to hook up with you, to rejoice with you on the things that are worthy to be rejoiced. You know, when a baby is born, to be able to rejoice that a baby is born, to be able to rejoice. You know, we've had a couple people that have been in some pretty serious car accidents and yet not a broken bone. Not, uh, you know, the car may be totaled, but their bodies are fully intact. You know, we get that opportunity to rejoice with them and, and be excited for them of what God, how, how he has protected them. Uh, when you are a part of a local church, it gives you an opportunity to volunteer as well. And what that does, this is huge. This allows the gifts and the talents that God put in you to be developed, to bless the local body of Christ. You know, as you give of your gift, you're going to be sharpened. 
you're going to be honing in on skills and developing things that God has put in you. You know, I have seen teenagers, uh, they have the, op the option to um, go into different areas and help out and volunteer in the church. And, you know, we've seen some of those teenagers end up deciding that, hey, this is something that I want to do with my life. This is, whether it's teaching, whether it's um, ministering to other people, whether it's going to Bible school, whatever it is, working with children. There's so many different things, but they figured it out by being a part of the local body, the local church. And so uh, it's so important that we give of ourselves to the local church because if you are giving, you are giving God an opportunity to direct your steps. You're giving him the opportunity to develop people skills in you. We all need people skills. Well, when you're at, in a church, in a group of people, you have people. So it helps you to be able to develop those skills with one another. You learn how to walk in love and how to believe the best of others, you know, how to overlook faults, uh, weaknesses, how to overlook something that might have been said that was maybe a little tacky. You, you know, you could take it and get offended or you can just overlook it and say, you know what? I think that person just didn't quite mean it the way it came off and believe the best. And uh, the Bible says in Acts 20, 35, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know, sometimes people can come, can go to churches and it's like they're, they're church hopping. They're kind of shopping for what's the church that I get the most out of. But there's a, also the part that what's the church that I can give to, that God is hooking me up to. How can I be a blessing to a local congregation to be able to help other people run their race and the plan of God to be done in and through that group of people that he is working. You know, uh, the Bible promises us that if we give of ourselves, we are gonna be blessed. Right there it says, you give, you are going, you know, at Christmas time, I have to admit, uh, it is so fun to buy gifts for other people, put it under, under the tree, watch them open it, see the expressions on their face, you know, that it's something that they enjoy. It, it's fun to make other people happy. And so the same thing happens as we are doing that, giving of our gifts and talents to the local body of Christ. You are encouraging people. You are helping other people to think highly of themselves and to strengthen other people. Uh, when you are around people that are focused on God, it will help you to win in life. It'll help you to sharpen, stay sharp, and focused on what you're supposed to be doing. Being alone will cause you to shrivel up. It will cause you to want to quit. You know, it's easy, like I said, to get stagnant and disillusioned when you are alone. And uh, it's not long when you're stagnant that you begin to go backwards. And so God doesn't want a bunch of lukewarm Christians out there. He wants 
uh, Christians that are passionate about him, passionate about his plan, passionate about what he is doing here on earth, and then running at life. You know, the thing, again, like uh, I mentioned earlier, there's no solo athletes in God. It is, it is a team. It's when we're in the body of Christ, we are working together and we will go farther together than we will individually. We will go farther and we will get more done together. You know, I've even noticed that sometimes uh, uh, in our local church, when the body of Christ shows up and everybody is together, uh, there's an excitement and an, an, an energy and stuff that uh, is really going on in the service that's different sometimes when people are just, you know, it, it, you know, maybe they decided to sleep in that morning or whatever. But then you add to that the fact that you have guests and visitors coming into your service that morning there's a sense, you can sense the power of God, the love of God that is flowing from when, uh, when you're in a congregation that is excited about what, what God is doing. And it helps everybody to run their race better. I'm going to go now into uh, a little different part of explaining the importance of a pastor in your life. You know, it's not the easiest thing for a pastor to say how important they are because it kind of seems like you're self-promoting, you know? <laughs> but at the same time, if a pastor doesn't say something, then, then you don't know what to expect and you don't know how to get the most out of what God is doing. So let's look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Again, we're just talking about the importance of people in your life. There are people in your life for a reason and their strengths help you run your race. They fulfill, they, they um, round out the areas in your life that are not your strengths. So we're going to talk about this now. Let's look at Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And he himself gave to some to uh, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up together. Uh, wait, speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causing growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. That is something, if you just meditated on that passage of scripture for a while, 
you can see why it's so important to be in a local church, in a body of believers. We all have seen uh, how easy it is for uh, doctrines that go against the word of God to permeate a society and become a dominant thought process, and it goes against the word of God. We see, we've seen that over years and years, and it seems like more and more ungodly thoughts uh, begin to permeate our society, and it begins to be easy to just slide in and say, well, why, why shouldn't it be like that? Why it shouldn't be like that is because it doesn't line up with the word of God. And God did not put things in place for us uh, so that we could just be the odd people. He, <laughs> he put things in place for us because they were good for us. This type of thinking helps us to have stronger families, stronger relationships with others. Uh, helps us to, uh, instead of a, a society that's deteriorating, you have a, a society that is going forward in the things of God. God's ways produce happiness. It produces peace. It produces joy uh, because that's who God is. And so when we do things his way, we're not missing out. We're actually uh, having the tools and everything that we need to be able to go forward. So a, pa a pastor is going to challenge you with the word of God. Uh, a lot of times, sometimes sermons will begin to show you where you may be getting off. You know, sometimes you can, uh, because you're getting constantly bombarded with outside influences, whether it's through uh, relationships with people that are maybe not speaking the word, or maybe it's through things that you listen to, uh, music that you're listening to, or things that you watch on TV or on your phone. or any, There's so many ways for things, thoughts and ideas to start coming at you and to etch away the, worth, the word, the truth of what God has in his word for you. And so a pastor will begin to start showing those areas up. Oh, this, this is what the word says. And if your thoughts are different than what is coming forth through that word, it causes you to have to pause and rethink things and say, okay, if this is what the word says, am I going to believe the word or am I gonna just go with what everybody else thinks? and you have that opportunity. So a pastor will do that. You know, I've seen people get, um, you know, just downright upset sometimes with things that comes forth from a pulpit. Uh, not even just this pulpit, but I'm saying just in general, I've seen people get really frustrated and upset with things that are being said that goes against what they think the Bible should be saying. And a lot of times I have seen that sometimes um, it's real easy to draw a line in the sand and to think that I'm going to believe this no matter what. Now there's truths in the Bible that is true. You, they're black and white, you, you don't go off of it. But sometimes there's things in our lives where it's not comfortable to go forward. 
it, you know, growth is not comfortable. <laughs> it's just the way it is. If, if you're an athlete and you are trying to get stronger or even stay in shape, you are doing things that are not necessarily comfortable to get the desired result. But the desired role, result is to win. And so you will take the necessary steps to be able to push forward and do uh, what you're supposed to do in order to get that result. And an athlete will do that. But we have to do that as the body of Christ, as Christians. There are going to be times where we are challenged by the word of God, uh, what's coming forward, and we have to decide, am I going to stay on what side of the line? Am I gonna be like, I, I refuse to think differently. You know, Brother Hagen talked of, uh, you know, when he was reading through the Bible, he was like, Lord, whatever your word says, I'm going, going to do it. And uh, he got to the point where it talks about casting your cares on the Lord. And, and he said, I can't do that. And he just, he had a line. He said that there's no way that it's going to be possible for me to quit worrying. So I'm not going to do it. I, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on to the next thing. Let's see what the next scripture says. And he said that he found that as he went forward in it, that the word of God began to be very dry to him. It was like there wasn't stuff. He, he, he was getting so much enlightenment, and then all of a sudden, it just got kind of dry. And he got to the point where he said, okay, God, what am I doing? Something happened. And God said, you skipped this part right here. <laughs> let's go back to this part of the worry and let's get that dealt with and then go forward. And so there are areas in our lives that God um, knows that in order for us to get further in our race, we have to get over that line that we have drawn in the sand and said that I can't do. And so a lot of times pastors uh, will hit those lines, not intentionally, but they do end up being hit. And it is um, now the part of us to receive what is coming forward and to believe what the word says about us in those areas and that we can do it and we can overcome. And I've seen that sometimes if we continue to stay on this side of the line instead of breaking through it, what will a lot of times happen is it will create uh, a frustration. It's like, would you just quit preaching on that subject? Can we move on? <laughs> Why are, of course, we've heard it enough. But sometimes that subject just keeps going on and on to get you to get to the other side, to go on to the other side of that line. And if you choose not to, you can get disillusioned and to the point so frustrated that you're like, uh, God is no longer having me a part of this church. He is obviously moving me on. <laughs> and many times what it was is that wasn't necessarily God, but it was he was gently trying to help you to see an area in your life so that you are equipped 
to run further instead of to stop. You know, our, our point is to just keep going in the things of God. So growth is uncomfortable, but if you will do push through that uncomfortableness, you will end up winning. Uh, there's no pastor that's perfect, because um, we've already gone over that earlier. There's no people that are perfect. So a pastor is not anointed to live perfectly at all, but he is anointed to preach the word. And so his job is to equip, to equip the saints to run the race. His job is to shepherd. You know, there's a lot of, like I've mentioned, there's a lot of doctrines and ideas out there. The pastor is a gift from God to speak the truth in love so that the church may grow up in all things into him who is the head. So the pastor comes into a situation, speaks the truth of the word of God, and uh, then equips us to go and face what is coming this next week and this next year. Last year, I remember I went through um, all the sermon series that Jim had um, in 2020, and I was so amazed at how those ideas and those thoughts got us through that year and everything that was going on with COVID and just with fear and all these different things. And he hit on so many areas that those that came to the church were equipped to face that year and going into 2021. I'm going to be going through uh, his series again just to kind of see those things again. It's amazing how God prepares us prepares our heart, you know, uh, prepares us for uh, things that may be disappointments, but he has seen ahead and given you what you need to sustain you, to go uh, on, to not be shaken, but to, but to be able to move forward. And so that is a gift um, from God to a local body of church, uh, of believers. Not that, like I said, that they're Better, all of us have a different role that we are functioning in, but it's a needed uh, role that we have. Let's look at Matthew 9, 35-38. Uh, then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of their kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. So right now I can say that, you know, uh, you can see that there are people that are like uh, sheep scattered. If you do not have a, a local congregation that you are a part of, you are without a shepherd. You can have 25 different uh, TV evangelists, teachers of the word, all that speaking into your life, but sometimes, not just sometimes, that will cause confusion. Because you've got 
25 different voices speaking into your life. And uh, it's, it's important for us. There, there is a stability and a strength in being hooked up with a local vision, a company of people. It doesn't discount all the other 24 things that are out there. And, and not that we don't glean from some of those things from time to time as well, but if we are not doing it under the guidelines of being hooked up with a company, with a group of people, what begins to happen is it causes confusion and overwhelmment because what, uh, is meant for this congregation over here, you're now trying to apply that to your life. And what's meant for another congregation, uh, let's say in Texas, you're trying now to uh, apply that to your life here in New England. And, it, and it's just different. It's just different. God has things that he's doing for each and every one of us that he's using us with. He has a vision for this church. How is this church going to affect this? And it's, and it's different than how some other church is doing it in, you know, uh, St. Louis or, or Chicago or, or some other country because New England is New England. Massachusetts is Massachusetts. New Hampshire is New Hampshire. And so there's specific things that God needs us in our, what we're supposed to do to affect this area. And you know, it looks different than what he does to affect a different area. And so we, um, we want to hook up with, uh, you know, a, a local body of believers, but then the shepherd, the great shepherd, who is Jesus, he speaks words into the heart of our local shepherd and then gives those words to us. It's an opportunity, it's an avenue that uh, God uses to produce uh, growth and strength and stability in us as a body of Christ. Uh, the pastor helps to facilitate Christians in a local church to join together and to be effective in fulfilling the plan of God for that area. He will use uh, pastors as an avenue to speak into the lives of the local church to comfort them, to guide them, to give them truth, to bring balance. It's so easy uh, if you're listening to multiple, lots of different things to start getting imbalanced, to start getting shaken on stuff because this person is saying this one and something over, someone over here is saying something else and it begins to cause people to be weary to say, well, what is the truth? What, what is the reality? Which one is right? Well, maybe they have a lot of things that are right, but they're right for that specific group of people that they're speaking into their lives. And so Brother Hagen, he used to, when I traveled with him, one of the things that he felt impressed to share about was the importance of the local church. And he would talk about in Acts 4 how important it is when um, Peter and John were um, beaten and told not to preach anymore, but they ran to 
their local company and began to worship God and to praise him and to join together and they grew all the bolder because of it but they had a local group of people that they came together that strengthened them and so today i just want to encourage you that yes sometimes we're uh, something may come uh, from the pulpit that challenges what you believe if you aren't sure about it shelve it for a while let god begin to speak to your hearts help uh, let him speak. Don't, don't get mad and say, okay, that's heresy. Because if God has put you in a church, he is going to direct and help you uh, and lead you and equip you to be able to do all that he has for you. You know, as Christians, we want to win. We want to succeed. We want to excel because he has given us the victory. He causes us to triumph. He's the greater one is inside of us. And so uh, we want to do, if God has said, don't forsake the assembling together, then we don't want to forsake it because there's a blessing that comes from it. There's something that is needed. God, if he wanted our fellowship, he also created us in his image and we need fellowship. We need fellowship with one another. We need each other. It's so important to have a family that believes in us and we believe in them. And so I want to end on this, though. You are the only person that can place value on people in your life. You know, the pastor can't do it for you. Uh, you know, uh, The, the people in your family can't do it for you. Even when you're, you, know, you have children, you can encourage them, but eventually they have to do it for themselves. They have to have the beliefs. They have to have the knowledge of it for themselves. We encourage them, but it's something that they have to decide for themselves. Um, you know, nobody's going to make you do anything. That's the beauty of what Jesus is. He created us to have an option, to have a choice. You know, in him there is freedom. He never twists your arms. He never pushes you. He will let you decide for yourself, even if it's not good for you. He will let you have that choice because he saw that that was important, that you have freedom to decide for yourself. And so to place value on people in your life, the only one that can do that is you. I can't do it for you. No one else in this room can do it for you. You have to place that value. You have to be the one that esteems to have, you know, just friends, to make friends. You're the one that has to esteem and value that and say, I need friends. You're the one that has to value and esteem and say, I need a local church. I'm going to be a part of what God is doing. 
and you're the one that has to decide that you're going to uh, be a part and have a pastor. You can be a part of a church and not have a pastor. And what I mean by that is you can be a part of a church and not let somebody speak into your life not allow that pastor to speak into your life. That is a choice that each and every one of us has to make individually. I mean, there's times, you, you know, uh, you know, my mom's a part of this church, and there's times where she has gone and spoken to Jim and just said, I'm not speaking to you as your mother-in-law right now. I'm coming to you as you are my pastor. And she will talk to him and, and converse on certain things and, and get input into her life. At that point, yes, he is her uh, son-in-law, but at, she is removing that title and being under the title of he is also that pastor to her in that situation. And uh, like I said, it doesn't mean that the pastor has it all together. <laughs> It just means that it's a gift that God is putting into the body of Christ so that you can run your race and be effective and do what God has for you to do because there's a lot to be done. There's so much to be done right now. There are people that are hurting. There are people that need to have the hope and the peace and the joy that we have. And so by us saying, okay, Lord, I choose to believe your word. I choose to believe in, uh, you know, the local church and, and in having friends and, and having somebody, giving someone that place in my life that can speak the word of God, the truth into my life, and I will listen. And I will, uh, you know, pray about it. And I will esteem and value the gift that you are giving to uh, to me. And anyways, those are some things that have just been stirring for a while. And I just wanted to share it with you because I believe that that's foundational for us running into 2022. It is so important, uh, the work that's going to be done in 2022. I believe we're going to see great things happening. We are already starting to see a momentum that is building, and I believe that this is helping us to be in a place to run the way that God intends for us to run and to have a body of Christ that is able to effectively minister to the lost and dying world around us.